Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care and support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Make sure you have those clothes on. Well, yeah. well, yep. Welcome back, everyone. We, um, if you listen to the last episode, then you know, because we're recording here on the same day. Sometimes we record on the same day. So if you didn't, if you weren't with us last time, go back and watch that part first. Um, but you know that we're all on close. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And if you don't know what that means, you have to go back <laughs> and listen to the other one. So how are you? Yay! Everybody's good. Right. Michelle, I forgot to comment on your last, Gracie, do you know that her hair is naturally curly? Really? Oh, I'm so envious. Oh my gosh. People say that, but you know, some mornings you wake up and it's wonderful and other mornings you're a Q-tip. So because, because we're in Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gracie and I were talking about that earlier before you came on. So we're Michelle and I are in Tennessee and Gracie is Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, different parts of the world and how you sent us a text after not this past episode, but the one before it, that there was a tornado going on while we were recording, but you yes. didn't know. And how close so, so in my subdivision, we have our, our Facebook group. And there were people in my subdivision saying, we're hanging out in the basement because the yeah. tornado sirens are going off. I'm like, you're three blocks away. How did I not hear the tornado side and hear the tornado sign? Then you're because you were so engaged with us. That's it. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're safe. I know. And actually, it was uh, it touched down by O'Hare, so it was probably about about 15 miles from here. Well, that's so, pretty close. close. No. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Now y'all have to. I actually slept through a tornado one time. So, yeah. I just yeah. Like literally. Like Don't, literally did not wake up when it ripped Chicago? the roof off. Uh, I don't, I was really little. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it ripped the roof off the house we were in and I slept. So. Okay. I'm wondering about your parents, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sleeping? We were, all, we were all, we were all safe. We were all there. And then since I wasn't freaking out, they didn't worry about it. So yeah. Well, I saw, and sorry, last thing about that. I have a, a recurring dream, although I haven't had it in a long time, maybe the two of you being counselors, where there are multiple tornadoes in my dream. So they're they're just all around me. Um, maybe it means I'm overwhelmed or something. I don't know. Feeling lack of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but the video that I watch, I don't know if it's the link that you sent, but on some of the news footage, I'm pointing that way because the TV's out there, but there were two tornadoes. Mm-hmm in the screen I'm like that is terrifying mm-hmm. yep. terrifying anyway all right enough about that so Gracie what are we doing today okay so we were talking about how other people's stuff impacts us and so I thought that we could share kind of go, go, go big picture because we're all unique we're all individuals we all have our different personalities and experiences and training da, da, da. but we're all part of systems family systems, community systems, social systems, work systems. And so it's not only becoming healthier and having good boundaries and all that other stuff, individual to individual, but what can we do to, to create healthy systems? Mm. Right. Yeah. And 
um, so one of the things I was thinking about is the whole basic thing of conflict, you know, because again, conflict averse, right? Think about how in our systems, how few of our systems actually support having conflict. What do you mean? Well, when's the last time that you worked or you knew somebody that worked in an office that the boss, and there was something going on that the boss or the person said, okay, let's talk about this problem Ah. versus, okay, what do we need to do to make this go away? And maybe those aren't, aren't the words, right? Or how often are we in systems where it's actually supported to listen to one another? Or how often are we in systems, and again, this is work, family, community, how often are we in systems where we can say things like, no, I'm, I'm overwhelmed right now, or I can't do that. Or, you know, how often systems where when we ask somebody, hey, can I help? Is there something that you need? That it's not performative. That's not just a social nicety. Wow. Did, I tell, did I ever tell you the story about my, um, the executive assistant and uh, CEO that I worked with? I don't know. Tell us. So I was called into work with this, I think it was CEO, CEO, uh, C-suite person, exec, and his assistant, his EA. They, they, when she first started, and she was from Russia. She was born and raised in Russia. When they first started working together, they worked great together. But after about six months, you heard, you've heard this, right, Tammy? No, no, no. Did you say her name? Because you jarbled for a minute. No, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, so okay. when they first started working together, they worked really well, but about six months in, the boss would come in, almost run past her desk, go to his office and close the door. So there were some issues. So they bring me in because in their system, you don't have, they didn't know how to do conflict. They actually had to pay a mediator. So anyway, so I come in and I find out what happened was, is that when the boss would come in, he would see his EA and say, how you doing? And she would tell him. And I had to explain to her that in America, how you doing is a social nicety. And she said, in the Russia, if I ask, how are you? I want to know. And I said, well, here, we don't care. And uh, probably inappropriate use of humor. But No, no. <laughs> with us or with her? With her, yeah. Oh, yeah, because with us is like, oh. Right, exactly. I'm cold. Is it humor, though? Like, how much of the time well, is it humor? That's true. It's probably, yeah. yeah. And, but that was, it was a big thing is that she would be telling what was going on with her husband and her kids and, you know, oh. all this sort of stuff. And I had to say, hi, how you doing? What's going on? What's up? That's actually most of the time, not an introduction into a conversation, right? So, so, wow. and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, what, but how many of our systems, family system for right, all the other stuff it's full, it's performative. It's full of social niceties, right? So how do we handle stress? How do we handle boundaries? How do we handle getting what we want? We need help when those systems are unhealthy, Hmm. right? So it's not just what I'm doing with you. It's what's the context? What's the relationship context? And that takes a lot of work because how do we change systems? How do we change it? Well, if you're thinking like, I guess we would, you would start not start, but I mean, the system that is in our direct sphere of influence would be our family. Usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, I, so, I sh- go ahead. But then I think like with my team, Oh, it I have, right. I have a lot of influence on their lives based on how I manage the team. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And I bet you do, you do a great job of setting that. Oh, thank you. I hope so. I mean, it's, that's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So right so now, I have, have, oh, actually, I don't really have a team, but Michelle, you do too. So I think I'm like, I'm very lucky with the, um, because I work with a couple of different teams and I'm really lucky, of course, working in, um, mental health. And so my team is nurses, case managers. Um, sometimes the therapists get to come to the, um, team meetings, but the, the thing, like, even like in a work relationship, like when we come in in the morning, like I do ask how people are doing and I do want to know and they ask as well but we're also conscientious of the time frame like obviously yeah. you know you have kind of a, a busy day so we share information but at, at the same time we don't talk for 20 minutes when we only have five like that type of thing and then as new people come in that's probably the only thing that they have to adjust to is kind of the time frame but I think because of the environment I work in the teams really are concerned I mean, it's their empathetic people there. They really are concerned with how each other's doing and supporting one another. And it's, I'm just really fortunate in that regards. Mm-hmm. And that's what you said, Gracie, right? It's this, the system that you're in. I feel like I'm slurring. I burn my tongue massively on coffee this morning and it just feels like rough. And, um, yeah. you know, I was thinking years ago, I did a training for, a social security office. I think it was down in Franklin, Michelle, kind of in your neck of the woods near your town somewhere, but I think it was down there. And um, I'll tell you about it in a minute, but it makes me think, you know, there are, there are some work cultures systems that want to change things. And they'll mm-hmm. like you, they brought somebody in. And so they, they brought me in to do this training and we were talking about communication and leadership and management And this one leader, I was talking, we were talking about personality styles and how, you know, there's some styles who just appreciate it. If you, you know, say hello, or how are you doing or something like that? And it came out from the people she led that that wasn't really happening. And so she said out loud to everybody, she was like, every day I come in and I say, hello, are you saying I need to do more than that? And she was being so sincere, like she was trying to follow what she had learned, like saying hello, but she felt like by saying a hello in the room when she got there, that she had fulfilled her whole responsibility. But see, she was so shocked, but they were all open to like working together so they wouldn't be having this contentious relationship with each other. So yeah. I thought that was really huge of her and very sincere. And they all seemed to understand she was being very sincere and she wanted to have an office team where they would relate to one another better. Yeah. And how often have we heard about people, leaders, parents, community leaders that have gotten feedback from people saying, and their response is not, Oh, well, I thought I was, what can I do? Their response is, I'm in charge. Deal with it. Mm. Yeah. That, that happens too. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, how many of us giving feedback to our parents that how would that have been allowed? You know, I mean, so yeah, do we have that in our systems where we can even have the discussion? I think that's pretty important. You know, I've shared with y'all before and I shared, you know, my oldest son, Jamie, 
James, who's 34 and he has a startup company and it has to do with AI and they're making autobiographies by doing interviews. And so I was interviewed yesterday or the day before about, about Jamie, about my son. So one of the team, we took an hour and he interviewed me. And one of the things that we talked, I mean, he asked me some really deep questions and he told me I didn't have to share anything I wasn't comfortable with. But I think you both know that during COVID, when everybody lived at home, both my sons provided some parental feedback on my parenting style and I did not react well. It was not good. There was uh, tears and gnashing of teeth. You know, it was just, I just wasn't equipped to handle it in the moment. But the thing that they shared with me is I really didn't allow them to be mad or to express their emotions or, and so it was huge just to learn that, but it's never too late, you know, for like, if you're watching or listening and you haven't put system, you know, in your system, whether it's in the workplace or at home, it's never too late. And so even though I may not have done a good job while they were growing up, uh, our relationship is closer now because we've had those conversations and they know that they don't want to, when they have children, they don't want to raise their children that way. And so it's, um, I think I did a lot of other things. Well, you know, they felt loved and all that, but opening up, like you said, Gracie, that culture where you can have difficult conversations and you can give feedback and you can allow conflict because it's the only way that we learn and grow is if people think differently. And then we create kind of like Michelle was talking about, we create that dynamic that it doesn't matter who comes into the system. That's now the default. Ah, right. You have to, you have to adjust to this system and this is the way that we do it. Right. And that's why when people go into healthy systems, they're more likely to be healthy, but people go into unhealthy systems, they become unhealthy themselves. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, then yeah, it, so you have a thing like Michelle was talking about where people come into it where, like you said, the only thing they had to adjust was how long they talked. But the expectation is we we're, we care for each other, we support each other, we connect with each other. That's going to be their default. How cool is that? So what kind of advice would you give to a person coming into I mean, whether whatever example you want to use coming into a system that's not unhealthy, what would be a better way than to just default into that system and become unhealthy as well? Is that true? And and that's why I I think that's what a lot of us struggle with. I mean, maybe not even consciously, but I think that's what a lot of us struggle with. We're in systems that aren't healthy for us. So what do we do? And I I love to hear what y'all think, but I'm thinking the first step is just to be aware and see what our sphere of influence is. I mean, I might not be able to change the whole family system going back 16 generations, but I can have a conversation with my mom. And I think kind of what we were saying in the last show, like it starts with like, like the individual person being healthy and Mm non-codependent. So you kind of got to realize, like first you have to realize that your behavior can be different that everybody around you, that's an extreme example, but everybody around you can be engaging in dysfunctional behavior and you do not have to. Yeah. And so kind of separating yourself and then 
and hopefully being able to share some of that influence. But at, until you do that, it's just so easy to get sucked into it. It is. And that, you know, I think exactly what you said, Michelle, is you don't have to. And, and I agree. I think it's important for people to realize there is a risk to that, you know, that it can be lonely. You know, you may not, because we often, we so often bond in that negativity, you know, it's easy, yeah. it's easy to bond in unhappiness and it's easy to feel a part of the group. And so it's, but, but recognizing the, the balance of risks, you know, there's me being a little bit lonely or feeling like I don't fit in versus fitting in and really suffering, you know, over time. Cause I take all that stuff everywhere I go. If I leave work or if I leave my home, I'm carrying it with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I also think related to that is seeing the bigger picture of the possibility of the influence. Right. Because sometimes in the moment, it's like, is it even worth it to go up against this? And again, it might not even be conscious. Right. You know, it might just be a subconscious reaction. But to, and kind of like you were asking in the, the previous show, Tammy, about, you know, how did I address, how do I, how do I know my ADHD behaviors, you know, affecting it? It's, it's being aware. Yeah. So, okay. So this is, this is your motivational part now, everybody okay. watching and listening. And M Michelle and Tammy, you've heard this. This is my grandma Edna's story. So when we're looking at how becoming aware of influence, here, here's, here's what happened. So a number of years ago, I got an email from an 11-year-old kid. I did not know who he was. And he said that in the email, you do not know who I am. But you knew my grandma, Edna. And I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, I remember Edna. Yep, 72 years old, DUI. I worked in drug rehab, right? She had no interest in stopping drinking. She said she was not going to stop drinking, but she would not drink while she was in program because those are the rules. But as soon as she got out of program, she was getting drunk and she did, but she didn't drive. We're making progress. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Edna's daughter and son-in-law attended my family program and they had been married for a while and they had decided when they got married, even before they got married, that they were never going to have kids because addiction ran rampant on both sides of the family. Gosh. And they just didn't, they didn't want to take that chance. And what this kid said was, well, my parents attended your family program. What they learned was that even if genetically addiction was there, it did not guarantee that it would develop. Right. And even if addiction did develop, recovery is possible. Mm -hmm. And they decided to start a family. Mm -hmm. And the last line of his email was, I am alive because of you. Oh, wow. I don't care that I've heard it before. It's just so hard that day. So sometimes I think that's important is to recognize this, this might be really hard, but if I'm really doing something to be healthy, I can influence my systems. But Michelle, like you were saying, we have to start here, right? We have to be, we have to work on ourselves first mm -hmm. and then we can be cognizant of what we're bringing to everything else. That is so special. Do y'all know how much I feel? I don't know if you do. When we get together, I feel like it is like. I have free therapy with the, with the two of you. I mean, every single time, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm walking away and writing stuff down. Yeah. Oh, yeah me, too. me too. Okay. And did I, sh I don't think I shared this with you, but tell me, cause I don't think that we've recorded since I'm listening to a podcast, which I will put in the show notes. It's called hidden brain. Have you all listened to oh, it? Yeah, I, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Did I talk did about you? the monks? Yes. yes. Oh, I love it. Say it again. Oh, yeah, because we did record it. Yeah, we did. Well, well, this means people have to go back and listen to it. You have to go back and listen to it because okay. I, and I finished listening to it and it was just so amazing about, you know, the connection between the mind. Um, 
but yeah, go back. We'll put the link. I, I mean, we told you you need to listen to the first part anyway. But I was thinking of an example about all this. Can I share it? Please. Okay. So, you know, my research about stress um, is about the messages in part is about the messages that society send to us, particularly as women, that you're supposed to be stressed out. You're not supposed to have time. You're supposed to do everything perfect. You're supposed to juggle and balance everything and not take care of yourself. I mean, the commercials, news articles, everything point to that. And so that's a big deal, right? Like that is a huge system thing. That is a a societal thing. That is a government thing. That is an interest. I mean, it's just huge. Well, we can't change all of that, right? I mean, not like in the blink of an eye, that would be a huge way to change the way that society approaches this concept of stress. But what what you said, Michelle, but it can be an influence. So when I when I speak and talk about it and the and the in the exit plan in the book, but what I can do is change the way I respond. So I try to be then aware of am I going to accept that message that stress sweat is different from normal sweat? And so go spend ten dollars for deodorant instead of less because it's going to help me feel better because I'm supposed to be stressed out. You know, am I gonna Am I going to be a part of that? Or if somebody tells me they're stressed out, am I going to say, well, you have no idea. Or if they tell me they rested last night, am I going to say, must be nice. You don't have a lot going on. So no, what I can do to change my sphere of influence is to change the way that I speak. And I think that's kind of what you're, when we talk about systems, because in my dissertation, my committee, when I first did my study and was talking about this, they're the ones who, as we're going through the writing process, what are your bigger implications? You know, how does this influence society? And so it really forced me to think, oh my gosh, it is a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. And so every little thing that we do can make a difference. Your Aunt Edna and the things that you all, gosh, Michelle, Michelle has shared some stories, never with names and never with identifying information about you know, the people, the situations that she sometimes encounters. And I just can't imagine the ripple effect of, of what you do for people and the lives that you change. And it's just one person at a time. Mm-hmm. So, and, and recognizing that gives meaning to those days where sometimes it feels that there's no meaning. And I think for me, at least it gives some relief from those, some of those days, I'm just so overwhelmed. Because I might not know who I'm impacting, but if I'm coming from a healthy place, yeah, changing the world, right? Changing the world. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, <sighs> what else we got? I know we. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about you know we want we named it consider yourself hugged because we want you to to leave here feeling like we have like just wrapped our arms around you and let you know that there are, there are, and I love that Gracie, you, you wanted to do problems and solutions, you know, there are problems, but there are things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Right. Okay. So we'll have some links, I think from today to put in the show notes. I'm trying to think if I have anything else, but I think, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, then 
Remember to go listen to the last episode. I mentioned on the last episode that we are seeing the number of listens just grow and grow and grow and grow. So thank you so much for growing our community. We've been around for a while, so we're ready for it to just explode and change the world. So thanks for being a part of that and go make comments on the Facebook group or the Facebook you know, page, wherever you're watching on the show notes, download, like, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcast. And thank you for doing all those things. All right, then here we go. And until next time, consider yourself hugged. That really was the best ever. That really was the best. (laughs) We are not lying that time.